Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time now for the GX on Agriculture podcast. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, SARM has launched a campaign to attract young people to join rural municipal councils. We'll hear from SARM President Ray Orb. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were on the upswing this past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats will join us. Saskatchewan farmer Todd Lewis has moved up in the ranks of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. We will hear from him as he was at the Canadian Federation of Agriculture annual general meeting in Ottawa this week. And Corteva AgriScience has announced the registration of on-deck herbicide. We'll hear from Jason Smith, who is the Portfolio Marketing Manager for Cereal Herbicide Crops. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's mainly sunny here in the Yorkton area right now, and our temperatures are trying to get up there. Yeah, we should uh, be a little better than yesterday. We're, I mentioned this, I think, Monday, that we'd be heading up. It just wouldn't be any sort of impressive climb. We'd be uh, very, very slowly making our way up as the week went on. And sure enough, we uh, yesterday, looks like we, we topped Monday by about a half a degree. And I think today we'll go for a full degree. But it's still it's still below normal. Normal high this time of year now officially up to minus 3. And we're about 10 degrees shy of that on our best expectations. Minus 12, that is partly to mostly sunny, though, and as has been the case, not a lot of wind. So the wind chill now at these temperatures, these uh, minus. Uh, 20s and high minus teens that we're coming into for the early afternoon, that's still a bit of a wind chill, uh, but it's not a uh, biting wind and psychological wind chill is what I like to look at on these, where, where it's not into the dangerous range. When you don't have the strong wind, you don't notice the fact that it's still feeling like minus 25 to minus 30. Maybe you do. I don't. That's just me. Temperatures tonight drop off to minus 23, just like the daytimes. We back off a little more or come up a little more at night. And the wind's still pretty light, 10 to 20 at, at the highest. Most of the time, we're on the lower side of that. I think our best chance for getting in the high end of that wind, 10 to 20, would be later on this afternoon. Then tonight, tomorrow, we're back into the lower side of it. We're in and out of cloud cover, though, for tomorrow. Uh, there's plenty of it around. We're just uh, not seeing a solid cloud deck. Looking uh, around at precipitation, there's really nothing. Uh, Manitoba all dry. 
Saskatchewan, almost all dry. Looks like just coming across the Alberta line, there's a little bit of snow. So we've got a decent uh, decent area of coverage where it's just not snowing. The cloudiness is there, but nothing is falling from it. And then we're into that uh, likely through at least Thursday night, maybe early Friday as well. Thursday, we'll keep that trend up. We'll tack on a whopping degree up to minus 11, the high tomorrow. Then Friday, a little more of a jump, minus 7. A couple of flurries, though, start to develop on Friday. It's questionable because the moisture is going to be working its way in. We've still, though, got that rather dry air that'll be in place. So the question is, can the moisture overcome the dry air by the time the day is over? And the, and the possibility is yes. So I'll put it at a uh, overwhelming 50-50 on that through the afternoon. Mostly, uh, it's Friday night and Saturday that we're watching for snow, and not only snow, but accumulating snow and quite a gusty breeze. The uh, early indications on this storm, they've been actually pretty consistent uh, from yesterday to today, looking like on the order of 10 centimeters from this system. The bulk of that falling during the day Saturday. The wind, though, is going to be up uh, into the 30 to 50 kilometer per hour range on Saturday. So while the snow is going to certainly accumulate, it'll do a lot of blowing as well, which will lead to uh, more drifting than uh, straight up piling. We're up to minus four, though, on Saturday. So it's not so much a wind chill factor we're concerned with. It's the, the blowing snow. By the time things wind down, it's flurries on Sunday. Temperatures around minus 6 as we stay mostly cloudy. And that uh, colder air, which looks like it's going to try to drop in from time to time, holds off a bit. We're going to actually more likely stay closer to normal heading into uh, the early part of next week. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at minus 15 degrees. Swan River minus 19. Dauphin minus 16 Brandon, minus 11. Show Lake Russell, minus 13. Roblin, minus 14. Regina is at minus 14 degrees. Saskatoon and Broadview Mooseman, minus 15. Hudson Bay, minus 16. Indian Head, minus 18. Winyard Wadena Kelvington, minus 19. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky. A north wind at 15 kilometers an hour. 67% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 19 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 27 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 16 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 27 degrees. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is minus 4 degrees. The normal low is minus 15 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 7.22 this morning, and it will set at 6.39 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday the Manitoba hot spot was Sprague at minus 6 degrees. The cold spot was Thompson at minus 35 degrees. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Buffalo Narrows at minus 7 degrees. The cold spot was Collins Bay at minus 39 degrees. Welcome back to GX and Agriculture. The Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities has launched a campaign to attract young people to join rural municipal councils. President Ray Orb says more young families are calling rural Saskatchewan home, and having more young people on council 
ensures a healthy rural municipal government. Well, you know, it's something that's uh, been discussed a lot, you know, around the province and uh, among our Arm Board of Directors as well as, you know, how do we how do we kind of attract and, and retrain, retain councillors? Well, you know what, we're looking at actually younger councillors. You know what, could be new councillors. You know, we obviously know we need more women involved in politics as well, and that's something we're going to be featuring at our at our SARM convention next week. So we're kind of wanting to start the discussion about uh, what we can do to uh, attract people, get them more interested in being a rural a municipal elected official. But he knows it won't be easy. You know what, it's going to take some work. It's going to take a little bit of brainstorming. But I think, you know, a good place to start is obviously in a high school in rural Saskatchewan. I think uh, going there, maybe trade fairs and things like that, but maybe inviting them to a council meeting. Maybe it's just simply inviting some young people to a council meeting and and, uh, let them know what uh, rural municipal officials are are doing and kind of the work that's involved and, you know, get them interested. And that kind of word, you know what, that spreads really quickly around around rural Saskatchewan because young people are really good at that. You know, they can use the social media. So can we, uh, we can get that word out. Orb explains the rationale behind it. We're kind of looking at the the demographics out there and you know we've got a lot of older councils you know what and I'm one of them and I'm you know getting towards the end of my municipal career and I think most people know that but I kind of like to I suppose leave a kind of a legacy where we can show that we can have younger people and then new councils as well uh, that can come onto council that's the ongoing ongoing legacy I think that we need to have in the, in this province is we need to make sure that we have these rural councils move forward and that they continue to attract people and that's really I think going towards the success of rural Saskatchewan. He outlines the benefits of being on an RM council. Well, I think you know there are lots of interesting things out there. You know, you know, even being involved with SARM, I think that's really important that that rural councillors know what SARM is doing. And through my role as president, you know, uh, we keep sending information out, we keep talking about it. But I think we need the interaction there too. You know, for people to be involved. You know, land use policies, development, uh, economic development in rural Saskatchewan. You know, our ag sector infrastructure that we need to supply to that ongoing uh, industry that's really driving the economy in rural Saskatchewan. All those things combined, I think, it makes for a pretty interesting, well, it's kind of a future, I think, that we need to look forward to in Saskatchewan. Orb says there's other advantages to being involved in RM politics, too. It helps advance the farm policies as well, but there are all kinds of other things, you know, infrastructure, obviously, high-speed internet, you know, the environment and how farmers are contributing to make our environment a lot better, especially the ranching community and all those kind of sectors that, that kind of go behind that to really push our rural economy. I think it's, it's really um, an interesting kind of an occupation to be involved with. And the SARM annual convention starts next week in Saskatoon or about line some of the highlights. Well, you know, we've got, of course, we'll have the Premier talking, and we're obviously going to have dialogue sessions with some of the ministers, the ones that the SARM members really, I think, work with the most. Also, our entire uh, provincial cabinet will be there. Uh, leader of the opposition uh, will be speaking as well. And, you know, we have some good dialogue sessions. We have one on rural health care, 
Um, that's, uh, I think, going to be really interesting to our members. We're also going to have a session, uh, actually a panel, on uh, what we're talking about now, about attracting um, uh, new people to rural councils. So uh, we've, we've got a pretty jam-packed agenda, that's for sure. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, Ag Review. U.S. meat industry lobbyists say Washington's proposed new rules governing voluntary product of USA or made in the USA labels would impose the same standard as that country's now defunct mandatory country of origin labeling law and frustrate U.S. packers who import Canadian meat or livestock. The U.S. Department of Agriculture and its Food Safety and Inspection Service have announced they plan to publish a new proposed rule on U.S. meat origin labels for a 60-day public comment period. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau and Trade Minister Mary Ng say Canada remains concerned about any measures that may cause disruptions to the integrated North American livestock supply chains and will closely review the proposed new rules. The ministers say the federal government will also participate in the U.S. rulemaking process to make sure the new rules adhere to Washington's international trade obligations and won't disrupt supply chains. Adama Canada has made its final decision regarding the sale of Lambda Cyalothrin products for the 2023 growing season, deciding to relabel and sell its silencer in Zivada insecticides across Canada. The company says it has come to this decision after several months of consulting with retailers, farmers and industry organizations on the implications of the Pest Management Regulatory Agency, or PMRA, ruling to change the permitted use of the insecticide. In April of 2021, the PMRA announced a label change that eliminated the approval of Lambda Psi application on crops or crop byproducts that end up as feed. The new label comes into effect for 2023. While Adama is going ahead with sales, Syngenta Canada has decided not to sell Matador in Western Canada, but will continue to offer its Lambda Psi product in Eastern Canada. Lambda Psi insecticides are approved for use on several crops, including canola, and for control of several insect species. After Manitoba-based plant protein processor Merit Functional Foods went into receivership last Wednesday, Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers Executive Director Daryl Domatruck said it is not a microcosm of the province's pulse industry. Domatruck says they learned about Merit's financial situation through the media. He also adds that some Manitoba pea growers delivered contracts to Merit Foods as it had a smaller acreage requirement, 10,000 acres, compared to Roquette's 120,000. Vancouver-based protein firm Burcon Nutriscience, which has a 31.6% stake in Merit, said Friday it intends to submit a formal proposal to acquire the Merit business. Domatruck is hopeful a buyer can be found, but time is of the essence. British Columbia is dedicating $200 million toward boosting both the province's food bank system 
and overall agricultural production and resiliency. Part of the money will be used to enhance programs to strengthen the food supply chain, expand food production from processors, packers and retailers, and fund climate preparedness measures. The historic investment in BC's food security comes as a direct response to events that occurred in the past few years when flooding, wildfires and COVID supply chain bottlenecks essentially cut off crucial supply lines in the province. The funding is part of the province's plan to spend BC's massive surplus, estimated last fall at more than $5 billion. The spending also gives agricultural producers an opportunity to grow their businesses while improving climate preparedness and allowing more BC-produced food to be consumed by residents. And the United States has requested formal trade consultations with Mexico over U.S. objections to its southern neighbor's plans to limit imports of genetically modified corn and other agricultural biotechnology products. The U.S. Trade Representative's Office announced the request for technical talks after months of informal discussions with Mexican officials over their plans to ban GMO corn for human consumption failed to satisfy U.S. trade officials. The consultations are the first formal step toward a U.S. request for a dispute settlement panel under the Canada-U.S.-Mexico Agreement on Trade that could ultimately lead to retaliatory U.S. tariffs if no resolution is reached. The dispute could further strain U.S.-Mexico relations. U.S. officials say it puts some $5 billion of U.S. corn exports to Mexico at risk and could stifle biotechnology innovation at a time of high food inflation as increasingly severe weather threatens crop production. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and minus 19 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were on the upswing this past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats says strong demand continues to push up feeder cattle prices. Saskatchewan feeder prices were all up for the most part uh, over the week. Saskatchewan feeder steer prices were mostly higher compared to the previous week. Prices ranged from 350 to 40 per hundred weight for the three to four hundred weight category to 236 per hundred weight for the 900 plus pound category. The largest price gains were in the lighter weight categories with the three to 400 weight steers up an average of 940 per hundred weight. The only decline in the steers was in the 900 plus pound weight category, which declined an average of 83 cents per hundred weight. The average weekly prices for Saskatchewan feeder heifers were higher in all of the weight categories for the week of March 3rd. Prices ranged from 288.30 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 220.10 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound category. And it was the three to 400 pound heifers that had the largest price increase of 980 compared to the previous week. She outlines the factors pushing up the prices this week. Well, I think all the stars are aligning, but we're seeing good demand for a smaller supply of feeder cattle coming to market, and feed prices for barley and corn are trending lower, also supporting the feeder market. Froats provides the marketings for the week. 
Saskatchewan feeder cattle, cattle volumes reported by Canfax were at 12,200 head sold over the week, and this is up from the previous week, which was at 7,779. And as for market-ready cattle prices... The Canfax price for Alberta fed steers reported on March 3rd was 201.85 per hundredweight, and this was up 354 per hundredweight compared to the last reporting on February 24th, which was at 198.31 per hundredweight. And cow prices were up again over the week compared to February 24th, and average D2 cow prices increased 620 per hundredweight to average 113.50 per hundredweight for the week, and D3 slaughter cows were up $6 per hundredweight to average 150 per hundredweight. That's $100.50 per hundredweight. Fonda Froats compiles the weekly market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The January 1st StatsCan estimate puts 2.2 million cattle on Saskatchewan farms, down about 0.9% from January of 2022. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 165.42. That's down 55. June live cattle trading at 160.62, up 7. April feeder cattle trading at 210. That's up 142. May feeder cattle trading at 205.97, up 177. April lean hogs are trading at 85.65, up 85. May lean hogs trading at 93.47, up 52. And that's the livestock market conditions. Saskatchewan farmer Todd Lewis has moved up in the ranks of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Lewis has been elected to the position of first vice president after serving as second vice president for the past year. Lewis says the new president of the CFA is Ontario farmer Keith Curry. Lewis was at the annual meeting in Ottawa when we spoke to him yesterday. The executive committee, we have a, a new member, uh, Pierre Lepron, from uh, from Quebec. So the three of us are the executive including now Keith Curry, myself, and Pierre. And, and uh, it really is a partnership. So I think, you know, just going forward with CFA, uh, we want to continue w- working, you know, towards the betterment of agriculture, of course, and, and really, you know, spend a, a lot of time working with other groups. I think we see is uh, there's... There's things that separate us, certainly, but at the same time, there's there's far more that keeps us together, and and it's so important. I think you know, even yesterday, with with having all uh, five uh, major party leaders come and speak to a group of farmers, so you know, really every politician in this town was paying attention to agriculture and what their leaders were saying yesterday. So it's it's a pretty important thing that we work together and have uh, that bigger and wider voice across Canada. So I think just looking forward to uh, putting contributions from the West, from Saskatchewan at the board table and at the executive level for CFA. He then provides his take on the comments made Monday by all of the federal party leaders. Well, I think not, you know, not, not specifically uh, Mr. Trudeau, but also uh, all of the leaders were very uh, well-versed on the file. We're all open to questions, uh, all took questions from the floor. Uh, you know, they weren't canned questions. They weren't, it was the opportunity for anybody in the room to ask a question. Prime Minister specifically picked, picked the uh, people himself personally, uh, and same thing. You know, the, the the other leaders were 
we're open to uh, anybody coming up to the mic and answering a question. And, and it really showed their uh, attention they've been paying to agriculture and, and really the work that the ag critics, you know, and the, and the ag minister have done on behalf of agriculture. Uh, it is a, uh, a major part of the Canadian economy. And certainly yesterday, I think we had some confirmation about how important it is uh, at the political level here in Ottawa. Lewis outlines the Saskatchewan issues he's been taking to the meeting. Well, we just went through uh, our resolution process from Saskatchewan. Specifically, there were some resolutions uh, uh, speaking towards farm transfer, uh, capital gains allowance increases, some technical questions around uh, how to uh, transfer you know, land at arm's length and, and uh, so that non-family members can have land transferred and, and, and not or family members that aren't close to a son like trying to pass on to a nephew or niece for instance that some of those rules can be changed and, and make it easier for farm transfer certainly the capital gains part uh, we've asked for a change from one, one million to five million dollars when you look at the value of farmland there's a, a huge tax bill that's going to come as we try and transfer our land to our to the next generation and and that's not you know that's why capital gains was put in place and we've seen such large changes in land value that uh, at the end of the day the farm it doesn't really matter what the land is worth it's not for sale it's, it's part of the farm it's part of our business and and uh, existing existing farms have seen their net worth go up but at the same time it, it's not really valued to the producer in the next generation because if you don't have the land you don't have the farm so it's uh, i think it's just another example of Things that we need to take forward to the government and, uh, you know, between APAS and, uh, and the CFA and our partners here at CFA, it's, uh, you know, it's important work. And uh, certainly how things work here in Ottawa are certainly different. There's a, a lot of different paths to uh, try and get our ideas forward and, and legislation, you know, up into legislation and regulation. And, and certainly we have the staff here at CFA in Ottawa that are based here in Ottawa that are, are really second to none and we do a good job for all our members. That's Todd Lewis of Gray. He's been elected as first vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Of course, he is a past president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Commodities Update. Canola futures are trading down across the board this hour. May canola trading at 80640 down $6.50. July canola trading at 803.10, down $5.20. May Minneapolis wheat trading at 838 per bushel, down 14 and three quarters of a cent. May Kansas City wheat trading at $8 and a half a cent, up one and a quarter cents. May Chicago wheat trading at 689 and a quarter down eight and three quarters of a cent. May corn trading at 627 per bushel, down seven and a quarter cents. May soybeans trading at 1517 and a quarter, up one and three quarters of a cent. May oats trading at 347 and three quarters, up six and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Corteva AgriScience has announced the registration of on-deck herbicide. It provides post-emergent weed control for wheat and barley growers in the brown soil zones of Western Canada. Jason Smith is the portfolio marketing manager for cereal herbicide crops. So on-deck is a uh, herbicide we got registered earlier uh, this year, 
and it is a uh, 27 and 6 herbicide. And why that's important is that we're really targeting that into the brown soil zones uh, for our launch year of 2023, and really specifically targeting kochia. And kochia is a weed that's really kind of a growing concern. And, you know, it, it's developed a lot of resistance over the years. So most kochia in Western Canada is considered to be group 2 resistant. There's a lot of group 9 resistance. And then there's more, or there's, there's a growing uh, amount of resistance to both feroxapyr and dicamba group 4s. So with this product, we have modes of action that, uh, that are going to be breaks from some of those resistance pieces. And the other great thing about OnDeck is that we don't have locational restrictions that are common with some of the other uh, Group 27 and 6 uh, products that are on the marketplace or in the marketplace. He says OnDeck is designed for the Southern Green Belt. Yeah, southern Saskatchewan and southern Alberta, again, for 2023. And that's, you know, really, again, driven around uh, that need for rotational flexibility, specifically, you know, rentals, uh, peas are the ones I'm thinking there, canola, but as well. And uh, then, you know, that really tends to be where kochia uh, is, uh, is a pretty common and uh, troublesome weed. Smith says kochia's resistance to herbicide has been a growing concern in recent years. Yeah, I mean, certainly herbicide resistance is something other that folks are aware of. Uh, I was on an Alberta agriculture um, or an agronomy update earlier this year, and yeah, Charles Geddes is doing a lot of research around that. And again, highlighted just some of the growth in that resistance. You know, again, specifically, we look at a molecule like fluoxetine where there's um, th- there's growing resistance, and there's a very heavy reliance on fluoxetine as a molecule for kosher control. So again, this is a great break that gives us uh, control of kochia. One of the beautiful things about kochia is that the, the seed is very short-lived in the soil. So if we're able to you know, get it under control and keep it tamped down for a couple of years, that really helps to significantly reduce the amount of seed that we have in the soil. And it's going to help uh, producers get on, on top of that and get control of that weed and you know, ensure it's not a problem for them on their farms. But he notes on deck doesn't just control kochia. Yeah, no, we've got a good broadleaf uh, spectrum there, and you know we're doing work to to, to continue to add weeds uh, to that, that that product label. So that'll be really on deck is going to be a, a great solution option uh, for the wheat and barley growers uh, in Western Canada. And when I say wheat, I you know I mean spring wheat, durum wheat, and winter wheat. Smith says the herbicide will be available this spring. We actually haven't uh, finished our production run on the product here, but we will have it in retailers uh, for the 2023 growing season. So you know, now we've got it registered, we've got allocations, and retailers will be able to know what they've got. We do have limited volume uh, for 2023 because it's an introductory launch year. And so we'll be going out with a limited number of retailers, again, very focused in the brown soil zones uh, in southern Saskatchewan and southern Alberta. Again, where you know that uh, resistance kochia or where kochia is is very prevalent, and where you know resistance is a concern. As for the cost of on deck, so our suggested retail price on uh, on deck is twelve seventy five an acre. That's uh, what we're calling a special introductory price for twenty twenty three. And you know we do anticipate that we're going to start to see some of the product uh, move into the black soil zones in twenty twenty four. So we will have some. Uh, opportunities for customers to take a look at it during the tour season in 2024 uh, as we start to do more characterization of the performance and get some more use experience with it in the, uh, in the, into the black soil zones of uh, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, and Alberta. And Smith had these final comments. 
you know, from my perspective, I think overall we're really excited about this. This really helps to broaden out the Cortaba portfolio. Um, you know, a lot of our products are systemic actives and, uh, you know, they're great performers, but typically those are going to be um, herbicides that can go down kind of three, four leaf is, is the entry point and beyond there. Product like OnDeck gives us a viable option that's very safe on the crop and we can go in early. And by early, I'm talking one leaf. So this allows us to get in there and get weeds when they're small. Um, you know, this is a little different than some of the other stuff we have from Corteva and this is a contact herbicide. So we are making the recommendation that customers apply this product at uh, 10 US gallons an acre because we know that's really the sweet spot as far as getting coverage, which is so, so critical with, uh, with contact herbicides. Jason Smith is the Portfolio Marketing Manager for Cereal Herbicide Crops at Corteva AgriScience. Please stay tuned. Your Farm Bulletin Board is coming up next. Farm Bulletin Board. Are you a private landowner who owns 500 acres or more of grazing land? Then it's uh, some people want to hear from you. It's the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. They're asking people to take a survey that will explore understanding, perceptions and interest in carbon opportunities and ecological goods and services across the Canadian prairies. Responses will be anonymous and grouped to your larger region for protection of privacy and you will receive $50 as a thank you for your participation in this survey. So you're asked to visit www.fuseconsulting.ca slash take dash the dash survey. And if you want more information, you can just contact the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association because they're the ones sponsoring this survey. Manitoba Agriculture is in the midst of a 45-day consultation period on proposed amendments to the animal care regulation to modernize animal care by incorporating Canada's accredited zoos and aquariums into the regulation. The proposed amendments would recognize the accredited zoos and aquariums accreditation standards of 2022 as the animal welfare standard for zoological facilities in Manitoba. Of course, it is a private charitable organization representing the country's leading zoological parks and aquariums whose members are committed to the advancement of animal welfare, conservation, science and education. The amendments to the regulation would also remove detailed reporting requirements for animal markets and assembling stations. These amendments would reduce redundancies in the regulatory framework that is guided by the Animal Care Act. Manitobans are invited to provide feedback on the proposed amendments through the Manitoba Regulatory Consultation Portal. The deadline for submissions is Monday, April 3rd. The East Central uh, Research Foundation, based just outside of Yorkton, is still looking for some help out there. They're looking for a new research assistant or even a co-coordinator that could take the leadership role in a few years. If uh, they're looking for someone with a recent master's student to graduate in ag agronomy, and if you know of anyone who would be interested in this position, you should email m.hall at parklandcollege.sk.ca. You can also phone my call at 306-621-6032. So once again, if that's something you might be interested in, working at the Yorkton Research Farm, let them know. And the... Uh, 
Applications for the Youth Employment and Skills Program are now open in Canada. And if your applications will be open until uh, March 27th, and uh, applications from Indigenous applicants will be prioritized for the 2023-24 program year. Application forms for the program are available through the webpage of the Youth Employment Program. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds east-northeast at 10 to 20, and a high of minus 12 degrees. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds east-northeast at 10 to 20, a low of minus 23. For tomorrow, partly to mainly cloudy, winds east at 10 to 20, a high of minus 11, a low of minus 19. For Friday, a 50% chance of spotty flurries, winds east-southeast at 15 to 25, a high of minus 7. For Saturday, a 60% chance of light snow, a high of minus 4. And Sunday, a 50% chance of early flurries, then cloudy, a high of minus 6. In the Paw, it's minus 15 degrees, Swan River minus 19, Dauphin minus 16, Brandon minus 11, Show Lake Russell minus 13, Roblin and Regina minus 14. Saskatoon and Broadview Mooseman are at minus 15, Hudson Bay minus 16, Indian Head minus 18, Winyard Wadena Kelvington minus 19. The Yorkton Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a north wind at 15 kilometers an hour, 67% is the relative humidity, the temperature is minus 19 degrees, with the wind chill, it feels more like minus 27 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX 94.